0: Those who've heard me speak before from this pulpit and in the classroom have heard me use two verses on your study sheet there, your guideline, outline, a biblical principle. Uh, this is why I preach this kind of message and any other message. First Corinthians 10:11 says, now all these things happened to them as examples and they were written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the ages have come. Romans 15, 14 says, For whatever things were written before were written for our learning, that we through the patience and comfort of the Scriptures might have hope. So I study these passages in the Old Testament, and no matter where they are, and realize that everything in God's Word is written for you and me. We can learn from them. So don't think that I'm trying to pick on Abram this morning, please, and don't think that I'm trying to pick on you, but if the shoe fits, wear it, of course. We are learning from Abram's life some lessons that we need to know. Abram's call in our outline is in verses 1 to 3, which I find very interesting, God Get out of your country, said the Lord, from your family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. I will bless these those who bless you, and I will curse him who curses you, and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So that's Abram's call. Uh, these are words. Remember, he says, get out. He says, get out from your family. So specific instructions are given there. And uh, they lived, of course, in the Ur of the Chaldees. We read that back in the the previous chapter. So his call was that. Now his compliance is in verses 4 to 6. Listen. So Abram departed as the Lord had spoken to him, and Lot went with him. And Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. Then Abram took Sarah, Sarai his wife and Lot his brother's son and all their possessions that they had gathered and the people whom they had acquired in Haran and they departed to go to the land of Canaan. So they came to the land of Canaan. Abram passed through the land to the place of Shechem as far as the Terebinth tree of Merah and the canaanites were then in the land okay that's his compliance in other words he obeyed because it says he departed so he left like the lord said that's okay and that's right but he only partially obeyed did you notice that lot went with him wasn't supposed to go with him he didn't tell lot to go just told abram so it's a It's a compliance, but it's only a partial compliance. Then we move down to the third part in Abram's communion in verses seven to nine. And we find those interesting words. Then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, to your descendants, I will give this land. And there he built an altar to the Lord who had appeared to him. And he moved from there to the mountains mountain east of Bethel. And he pitched his tent with Bethel on the west and uh, and Ai on the east. There he built an altar to the Lord and called on the name of the Lord." So Abram journeyed, uh, going on still toward the south. So in 7 and 9, we see that the Lord reaffirmed his promise to him in verse 7, and he built an altar to the Lord. What a wonderful thing when you move to the place where God wants you. You build an altar, which means a place of communion with the Lord. And then he pitched his tent, because that's where he's going to live. And he built an altar and prayed in verse 8. And this is very commendable. And I hope and pray that each of us today, each of us has a a place and time where we like to call upon the Lord, where we like to read the Bible, where we like to pray. And of course, I'm speaking to believers in Jesus Christ who have this habit of doing these things. It's wonderful to have a, um, have a place where we call a family altar, a, a place where we like to, to read and commune <clears throat> with the Lord. I've told this story before, let me repeat it. The early African converts to Christianity were earnest and regular in private devotions each one reportedly had a separate spot back there in the thicket in the woods where he would pour out his heart to god over time over time the paths to these places where they went for these private devotions and communion these places were well worn and so as a result if one of these believers began to neglect this duty in his or her life it was soon apparent to the others and they would kindly Remind the negligent one, Brother, the grass grows on your path. Yeah, because he's not tramping on it to kill it. I hope there's no grass growing on your path of devotion to God. May it be well-worn, well-used, because you're reading the Word of God and spending time in communion prayer with Him. Someone says you can do more than you can do more than pray after you have prayed, but you cannot do more than pray until you have prayed. I count that part of my life lost which I spent not in communion with God or in doing good, said John Doan. Prayer is not a substitute for work, thinking, watching, suffering, or giving prayer. Uh, or giving prayer is a support for all other efforts, said George Buttrick. Now we come to part number A, number A, the, the cause of his backsliding. Number: We're talking about Abram down in Egypt. Cause of his backsliding, verse 9. Notice, I read it already. So Abram journeyed, going on still toward the south. He had already come to the place where God told him to come. But now in verse nine, he's just gonna keep on going down toward the south. Isn't that amazing? The south is always a downhill picture for us spiritually when you go down to Egypt. The Lord talks about Egypt in the Bible. Jesus talks about Egypt. Uh, Listen to what Isaiah said. Woe to those who go down to Egypt for help and rely on horses who trust in chariots because they are many, and in horsemen because they are very strong. But who do you, but who do not look to the Holy One of Israel, nor seek the Lord? That's a warning from Isaiah about going down into Egypt. Don't do it. Spiritually, of course, Egypt is a type of the world. The world who leaves God out of its program, out of its plans, out of its thinking, out of its lifestyle, leaves God out of every part of their lives. That's the picture Egypt gives in the world today. Listen to what Jesus said, First John 2.15, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father, is not in him pretty powerful words this was a new trial for Abraham's faith by which we see that the end of one affliction is the beginning of another I noticed two things as we look at Abram's life in your outline notice the surface problem the surface problem that was facing Abram was famine no food look what verse 10 says Now there was a famine in the land and Abram went down to Egypt to dwell there for the famine was severe in the land. And on the surface, you can't really blame Abram from doing this because there was no food. He had to have food for his animals, for his his servants, for his own family. We understand that. That's the surface problem, but the root problem was that he was not trusting God at all times, even in the time of famine, because God had said, I will take you to the place where I want you to be, and I will give you this land. Well the cause of backsliding starts when you get away from the altar. You see in verse nine he had in verse nine he was no longer he was he was no longer building an altar. He had previously that I read to you, but now there's no more altar. So when you get away from the altar, things kind of, no pun intended, go south. <clears throat> there's no more record of an altar in Egypt for Abram. Now, when we talk about famine, that's a serious thing. And you have read, I'm sure, many stories about it. What? There are three things about famine, which I've listed in, the, in the, your, your prayer outline there. <clears throat> the, the, God causes famines. In, in Psalm 105, 16, listen to this verse. Moreover, he, he, that is God, called for a famine in the land. He destroyed the provision of bread. God did this. The second thing, God keeps us alive in famine. Psalm 33 19 says to deliver their soul from death and to keep them alive in famine. Interesting. The third thing about famines is in Psalm 37:19, where it says God will satisfy us in famine. Let me read the verse. They shall not be ashamed in the evil time and in the days of famine they shall be satisfied. Well, we know a lot about famines having lived in Brazil for 25 years. <clears throat> In northeast Brazil, famines were so bad at times that it's almost impossible to describe to you the severity of them. We have seen and heard of people who ate cactus, they ate lizards, they ate rats, and the cows had to be tied on the front and back, had four stakes, one, two, three, four. They had slings on them. They had to hold the cow up with slings tied to the four posts to keep the cow upright because the minute it lay down, it would die. You know why? Because there was a famine. And a cow that is still standing does not die. Interesting, isn't it? That's how they kept the cattle alive. That's Brazil in those days. Could we say this about, about Abram? People seldom lose their religion by a blowout. It is usually a slow leak. So Abram journeyed, going on still toward the south, which brings us to our second thing after the cause of his backsliding, part A, part B, the consequences of his backsliding. It's very interesting. The results of solving problems apart from god number one in verses 9 and 10 it's it's a decline i've already read the verses woe to those who go down i've read this verse two woe to those who go down to egypt for help and do not love the world nor the things in the world and you see what the abram did in verses 9 and 10 he journeyed still on toward the south and there was a famine in the land so he went to egypt to get help <clears throat> Dr. Spurgeon, a great pulpiteer, said, backsliders begin with dusty Bibles and end with filthy garments. Abram's going to go down to Egypt and get his clothes dirty. Vance Havner said this about people. We are so subnormal that if we ever became normal, people would think we are abnormal. (laughs) Skipping church could be the beginning of spiritual decline. Forgetting to read God's word could be another, and certainly praying could be another, and you know all the others too. These are certainly a sign of decline in the life of Abram as he has gone down into Egypt for help. There's a second, though. There's a second uh, consequence, and we find that. We find that in verses 11 to 13. Let me read them. And it came to pass when he was close to entering Egypt that he said to Sarai, his wife, Indeed, I know that you are a woman of beautiful countenance. Notice what he said. Therefore, it will happen when the Egyptians see you that they will say, This is his wife, and they will kill me, but they will let you live. Please say, you are my sister, that it may be well with me for your sake, and that that I may live because of you. Yep, this is a decline that ends in these verses in deception. Deception. Backsliders are seldom interested in anyone else but themselves me, me, me. What's going to happen to me? By this we learn not to use unlawful means, nor to put others in danger to save ourselves. But that's what Abram did for his dear wife, Sarai. Though 65 years of age, being 10 years younger than her, than her husband, Uh, who, who was now 75 years old, she was beautiful. I mean she was beautiful. Not every culture worships youthful appearance the way modern culture does. Would you believe it that what I'm going to read you is a Jewish legend? Listen carefully. This is a Jewish legend about Abram. When Abram went into Egypt, he tried to hide Sarai in a casket. Wouldn't that be interesting? When Egyptian customs officials asked what he had in the casket, he said, barley. No, they said, it contains wheat. Very well, answered Abram, I'll pay the custom on wheat. Then the officers said it contains pepper. Abram said he would pay the custom charges on pepper. Then the officers said it contained gold. And Abram said he would pay the custom charges on gold then... The officer said it contained precious stones, and Abram said he would pay the customs, custom charges on precious stones. By this time, the officers insisted on opening the casket, and when they did, all of Egypt shined with the beauty of Sarai. These same legends say that in comparison to Sarai, all other women look like monkeys. She was even more beautiful than Eve. Isn't that amazing? Well, <clears throat> Genesis 20, verse 12, I mean, 12, verse 12, he said, Indeed, she is my, truly my sister. She is my, and in 20, verse 12, he, is, he gives another explanation. But indeed, she is my, truly my sister. She is the daughter of my father, but not the daughter of my mother. And she, and she came, and she, and she became my wife. So you see, she was Abram's half-sister. But you see, but he married her. So she was his wife, not his sister. A lie is a lie is a lie. Boy, F.E. Smith was a capable lawyer with a, with a quick wit, who served as, as the British Attorney General from 1915 to 1919. Listen to what he did. On one occasion, he cross-examined a young man claiming damages for an arm injury caused by the negligence of a bus driver. Will you please show us how high you can lift your arm now, asked Smith. The young man gingerly raised his arm to shoulder level, his face distorted with pain. Thank you, said Smith. And now, could you show us how high you could lift it before the, before the accident? And the young man eagerly shot his arm up <laughs> above his head. He lost the case. Oh, boy. How we like to deceive. How we like to deceive. <clears throat> are you deceiving and living this lifestyle right now, my friend? I pray you are not. <clears throat> the third consequence of Abram's backsliding is, number three, it's danger. Danger. Look at, look at verses 14 and 15. Wow. So it was when Abram came into Egypt. That the Egyptians saw the woman, that she was very beautiful. The princes of Pharaoh also saw her and and commended her to Pharaoh, and the woman was taken to Pharaoh's house. Oh boy, <clears throat> we are in trouble. Eastern kings have for ages claimed the privilege of taking. To their harem an unmarried woman whom they liked. The, the father or brother may, may deplore the, the removal as a calamity, but the royal right is never resisted nor questioned. So there she was now in Pharaoh's court. Sarah and Sarai and all of Abram's servants were now jeopardized by his sin. This was the devil's attempt to thwart the birth of Messiah because through Abraham, Isaac would be born and on down through the line and then Christ would come in this line. And if she goes to Pharaoh's house, it's all over. Satan was trying to thwart the work of the, of the, the holy Jehovah God and having Jesus born in this line. How many husbands, how many wives have placed their families in dangerous situations all because of pride and selfish ambitions? These stories are endless. You certainly know of some. But I pray you are not the cause of any of these things today, my friend. And I also pray you are not the victim of any of them. Children are the victims also, and I pray that none of them are, but unfortunately, we know they are. Please be careful. If you're living in Egypt spiritually today, get out of there because, oh, it's not good to be there. There's a fourth thing about the consequences that we find in this scripture, and we find those in verses 16 to 20, and very interesting, very interesting verses. So he brought back all... No, I'm in the wrong place. I'm sorry. Here we are. Um, He treated Abram well for her sake. He had sheep, oxen, male, donkeys, male, and female servants, female donkeys and camels. But the Lord plagued Pharaoh and his house with great plagues because of Sarai, Abram's wife. Thank God he did. And Pharaoh called Abram and said, What is this you have done to me? Why did you not tell me that she was your wife? Why did you say she is my sister? I might have taken her as my wife. Now, therefore, here is your wife. Take her and go your way. In other words, get out of here. Yeah. It's pretty sad. It's pretty sad. God protected Abram even when he didn't know it. God's grace is still operating even when we fail him. That's what happened on this occasion. It is a shame to be, to be, uh, to be corrected by the world for our folly, but that's what happened to Abram. It is, a gra- it, it is gracious of the world to tell us where to go. Get back where you belong. In North Carolina, there was a preacher in the days when they got free hotel entertainment and he was put up in this nice place. And as he was leaving, was presented with a bill. Why, I thought preachers were entertained free, he said. Well, said the innkeeper, you came and ate your meals without asking the blessing. See, they're looking, they're looking. No one has ever seen you with a Bible You did some other things that aren't becoming to a preacher, and you talked about everything but religion while you were here. Pray, how were we to know that you were a preacher? You have lived like a sinner. So now you will have to pay with the sinners. He paid the bill. What a reproach, dear people, on the name of Christ. For people who live that way, stop doing it. Often God rebukes his people and reminds them through enemies that this world is not their home. A Christian girl was invited. She invited a fellow to a certain activity. And in the middle of the activity and the fun, she looked up at him and says, Are you a Christian? His reply, No, and neither are you. Because if you were, you would not be here. Wow wow that can happen over and over again folks in our daily life are we where we are supposed to be for Jesus sake well we come to part c the cure for backsliding and boy that this is the most enjoyable part of all of it the cure for back, for backsliding look at chapter 13 then Abram went up from Egypt he and his wife and all that he had and lot with him to the south Abram was very rich in livestock and silver and in gold, and he went on his journey from the south as far as Bethel to the place where his tent had been at the beginning, between Bethel and Ai, to the place of the altar which he had made there at first, and there Abram called on the name of the Lord. Praise the Lord. The cure for backsliding is to get back where you belong. Abram knew where that was, it was back. Bethel, we used to sing a song remember back to bethel i must go what a beautiful song that was that's what he did he went back to bethel do you notice do you notice what it says in verse 3 he he, and he to the place where his tent had been at the beginning and then verse 4 to the place of the altar which he had made there at first if you've been neglecting your altar and your place of devotion to, the, to Jesus Christ, oh my friends, get back to that place. Thank God, thank God for abram's willingness to get out of the, get out of this mess. The only victory we can claim is that which takes us back to where we got off track with God. When Abram got back to the altar, he began to pray first time, never prayed in Egypt. Thank God he went back to Bethel. in conclusion are you jeopardizing your family members because of your sin of enjoying the pleasures of egypt my friend remember everything you do in this life is a classroom and others are watching and listening what are you teaching them today can you honestly say before god you are where he wants you to be you are where he wants you to be If you are in Egypt spiritually, will you leave and go back to Bethel? I beg of you, the place of communion and prayer. Don't say it doesn't matter because it does. Remember, Isaac later on did the same thing that his dad did because his dad had taught him that way. And you think you're not teaching your children something? Oh, you're so deceived. What you do, they are learning and they will do in the future. Isaac did the same thing Abram did here. You can read it in Scripture. <clears throat> Long ago, a certain general had a horse of which he was very, very fond. And one day, it ran away with him. He was on—he was on it, and he and he was unable to check it and to get the horse to stop. On this horse rushed, and it was unfortunately—it was t- towards an awful precipice about 20 yards away from the precipice, from the brink of disaster, the general drew his sword, slew the horse, and saved his life. And I'll tell you, friends, we too should slay that thing that is leading us back to where we got off track with God and put it to rest and ask for God's forgiveness. Are you willing to give up something that is keeping you from holy following the Lord today, my friends? Is there a particular sin in your life that is keeping the blessing of God from your life and your marriage and your home? Get a fresh start with God this morning. Confess your sin. Listen, 1 John 1.9, if we confess our sin, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Will you pray right now and ask God to forgive you? Please do it. Maybe you're not even a believer, so this has been talking to the other crowd. But you need Jesus as your personal Savior so that when you die, you know that you will go to heaven. You can do that by just opening your life now and say, Jesus, I know you will save me. I'm a sinner. Save me for Jesus' sake. While I pray, will you just pray individually, each one of you according to the needs of your heart and ask God to do what you want him to do in your life just now, let's pray. Father, we humbly bow in your presence with grateful hearts for bringing us lessons from men of old who, who learned the hard way. Help us not to go that far that we have to learn the hard way, but we might learn them all before it happens. Be with people right now as they make personal decisions in their hearts and minds that will change them forever. Help people outside of Christ to come to Jesus for salvation and help people who are already your children to confess those sins and have the wonderful forgiveness of sin by our wonderful and loving Heavenly Father. Continue to speak to our hearts, Lord, and continue to lead us in the way that we should go and may the lesson of Abram be be imprinted upon our lives so we will never forget this lesson.